Welcome back to Church Public Podcast. I hope you're doing well and standing up for truth with the grace of God today. We're going to discuss the troubling phenomena called cancel culture. Get ready to change the world. All right, everybody, family, friends, welcome back. We are glad that you have joined us here today. Today, we are talking about what is happening in church, what is happening in culture, and the intersection in between the two, what you can do about it, and what we can do to change this world together. We are seeing a huge push towards canceling just about everything. I'm sure you've seen this coming all around in uh, social media, mainstream media, maybe even near you. Maybe it even has affected you. The First Amendment of the Constitution is supposed to guarantee free speech, not because the speech is good, but precisely because those things that offend us need to have the freedom to be said and protected. I know that sounds maybe counterintuitive, that you don't want to hear things that you don't like and that you don't agree with. But think about it this way. Have you ever been in a relationship or a friendship or even had a parent tell you something you didn't want to hear, but maybe needed to hear? For example, a silly example is that my teenage boy really needed to put on deodorant. I mean, he was stinky. Now, Did he love being told he smelled bad? No. Was it good for him to hear? Of course. No one would argue that. I mean, no one, right? This concept, while silly, can be extended indefinitely. If there's something you don't know or don't see or can't understand, someone needs to tell you. What if there's a truth out there that you realize most people don't know, but you know? We have a duty, maybe even a responsibility, to let the world know. Or, more simply, what if you have an opinion on something and someone else has a different opinion on that. Should one of you be silenced merely for disagreeing? That should sound to you like a scary place to live. A place like that would be where you can only say things that are agreeable to the laws or the people around you. That oppressive place is the place the founders were coming from when they began America. Where they came from, they could not do or say everything they wanted to do. There were a lot of laws against these freedoms. And that is where we will be if we remove the protection of this First Amendment. This First Amendment allows you to say things that I may not agree with, and that's how it should be. And I can say things that you don't agree with, and you should be, and I should be, mature enough to decide what we believe and move on with our lives. And you don't have to listen to me. And I don't have to listen to you. And you and I should have that choice. That's what the First Amendment does. Gives us the choice. Instead, in the interest of, quote, protecting, I guess, our weaker citizens, I don't know how else to describe them, the laws and the culture are pushing into these freedoms in the First Amendment to try to silence dissenting voices. We see that in censorship in social media. We have seen numerous instances of this becoming more and more frequent. We talked about a couple of those the other day, about some people being silenced for um, their scripture posts and being silenced for other posts. Um, We see this on Twitter. We see this on Facebook. And we're not talking about just hate speech. 
um, we're talking about things like Bible verses, things like medical opinions. And again, regardless of where you fall on some of these medical opinions, is it the person who is hosting the website? Is it their choice to censor what they think is appropriate? Or should it be that you, as a smart person, have the ability to look at one idea and opinion and look at another conflicting idea and opinion and draw your own conclusion. What is happening instead, though, is taking away that choice. Instead, moving to a choice that you don't really have a choice because you're only hearing one side of the information. In large part, in fact, that's kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing. I feel like there needs to be more voices out there saying different things. Again, you don't have to listen to me. You don't have to believe me. Uh, you can go and listen to something else. You can check all my work. It's fine. Uh, I may even be wrong about some things, but that is where, again, you're a smart person. You can decide if this is true or if it's not true. Um, my goal is to help you get the info you're looking for and make a good decision. My goal is never to force you into doing anything. Um, again, you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to believe everything I'm saying. Search it for yourself. I believe that the truth is actually more powerful than I am. I'm not afraid to put truth out there and let you decide. I'm not going to force you to think or to do anything. That choice is and should be yours. And that's what our founders thought. And that's what the First Amendment is trying to protect. The fact that you are a smart person and on your own, you can figure out, you can spend the time, you can go through the research and you can figure out what is the best thing for you. Sure, there should be experts and there should be people who know more than you. And that's great. And we should seek those people out. We should seek out wise people. If you go through the book of Proverbs, there are a ton of Proverbs that say, seek out wise counsel, ask the wise person what to do. And then ultimately you have the choice to do whatever you want to do with that. That's what the first amendment is trying to protect. But we have these companies and uh, these industries. And now <clears throat> I don't know what else to say. These groups or maybe even mobs of people who are trying to say, no, you can't say those things. Um, and this leads us down a dangerous road of, of a lack of, of fully information uh, in our society and a lack of freedom. And beyond just social media, you have people being canceled. There have been numerous firings or forced resignings of all sorts of people this year um, by either saying something or posting something or even years ago posting something that someone else had found offensive. There, This has happened um, to uh, believers and pastors. There was a pastor that had a great relationship with the city um, and... He liked a few tweets, maybe posted a couple of things, and the city said, we can no longer have a deal with you. And the pastor and his church, they were actually helping the city out. They were helping feed people um, and provide uh, services to the community. And that all stopped because the city didn't want to hear what he had to say, when in fact, he didn't even say anything. He was just liking other people's statements. But this is this is where we are, and and not just in pastors. There have been journalists, um, and I mean left wing journalists at that. There were editors uh, like James Bennett of the New York Times um, was released. Barry Weiss quit uh, in the New York Times. Andrew Sullivan from Vox quit, and 
this this is a dangerous precedent to set that you can't say what you believe. You can't think differently than the rest of the group. And uh, this idea, this need to correct all the wrong things, all the wrong words, all the wrong speak, it goes to weird places too, like food. I mean, I like food. I like to eat food. I don't care what the person believes who made my food. If you make me a lasagna, I'm excited to eat the lasagna. It doesn't matter to me what you believe. I just want to have a good lasagna. But apparently, it, that doesn't matter anymore. You have to believe the right things to make the right foods uh, for people to eat. Adam uh, Rappaport, the editor-in-chief of Bon Appetit magazine, was fired for not believing the right things. Jane Larkworthy the beauty editor of The Cut. So apparently the person who cuts your hair has to believe the right things too. I mean, that was a magazine, but you get where I'm going here. This list goes on and on and on from media personalities to executives to professors, especially professors um, who have to do and say the right things in order to teach at the institutions. Because of course, we would not want our children exposed to diverse opinions where they can determine how to critically reason from a multitude of perspectives. That would be a dangerous place to live. That was sarcastic. Anyway, of course, it doesn't stop there. In TV and movies, uh, most, if not all, of the police officer TV shows and movies have been canceled because it's not okay to have police in a positive light. Um, shows like Law and Order, which is, I don't know, the longest running or at least the most spinoffs of any show ever, right? They have like 27 Law and Orders. I don't know. I'm making that up, but there were a lot of Law and Orders. Those are all canceled. Cops is canceled, Live PD, and uh, uh, basically all the other police shows have been canceled. USA Today, the Washington Post called for the canceling of all cop shows entirely. Um, moving on to like toys, toys, toys have to be canceled. This is a crazy world. Lego, the toy maker has stopped making police toys because again, toys, people, police toys are bad. So we have canceled all kinds of things and it just spins out and spins out and it, and it seems like we're we're going down this train. Uh, we've canceled comedy, um, it, which is sad because I like to laugh. Uh, maybe you like to laugh too, right? Um, but but we can't have comedy anymore. And comedy is supposed to be that line between what is acceptable and unacceptable. Comedian's job is to look at culture and make comments about the culture that are edgy or on the edge so you can notice and laugh at either yourself or the world because of how crazy it's become. They exist in that space, and they, the best ones are in that space where they say something that is provocative enough to make you notice where you're doing something weird and, and to point out about culture with humor so that you can laugh about it. And, and that's really helpful for us. And, and sure, some comedians take it too far, but again, that's the job of the comedian, right? And um, a joke is based on something true and taken to the extent. And that, that's what makes a really good joke. But if you can't laugh, if you're outraged at everything, then there's functionally no comedy. Because if you can't laugh at the world, if you can't laugh at yourself, if you take yourself so seriously that it's not funny anymore, then comedy is over. Um, and ironically, I would say laughter used to be the best medicine, but Apparently, that's not even true anymore. The social media mob is just volatile and, and ready to pounce. There was a funny meme I saw 
a couple of weeks ago that changed the Twitter buttons from like post and reply and, and retweet to include a wonderful send mob button. Uh, and so if you're on Twitter, you, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, it's funny. That's a funny joke. I think that's a funny joke. But it's also terrifying. And it's also one of those things where it's funny because it's really close to the truth, right? That's what we just talked about. That's what we just described. It's a funny joke because it seems that if you post something that people don't like, they have some send the mob button and the mob descends upon you and cancels you and tries to destroy you and your reputation. Um, And so I know that a lot of people are terrified right now to post anything that is in any way controversial. But we're at this point, like we've been talking about in this cancel culture, that everything is controversial. Unless you line up exactly where everybody else lines up, then you stand a very high risk, you're in great danger of offending someone else. And the reality and the problem with this, when we talked about identity a couple of weeks ago, you can go and listen to that one again, If there are so many different groups and so many different identities and so many different ideologies and sensibilities, the chances that you're going to offend one of them or like this weird, crazy Venn diagram, if you're going to start overlapping, that possibility becomes higher and higher and higher the more different things and the more different people we have. I mean, again, I used this analogy before, but in terms of a traffic light and a a traffic intersection, if all of the lights are green all of the time, but people just keep driving through, they're going to crash into each other. And you see this happening too. And people are beginning to crash into each other within this cancel culture. And so nothing is safe anymore. And people on all of the sides are canceling all of the people. And and it's just, it's become this huge mess. And so again, even people that are not what you would call conservative uh, liberals are, are moving into this going, you know, my, my job is over and I can't say anything. Like comedians, again, it's a great example because they're supposed to be the ones that are pushing the envelope a little bit and saying funny things and, and being maybe a little bit provocative to help us understand that we shouldn't take ourselves that seriously and we're getting a little out of control. They're beginning to speak out and say, hey, you've taken away my job because now I can't be funny and I can't say anything. Ricky Gervais, a comedian and, and uh, maybe more famous too for The Office, he said, if it is choosing not to watch a comedian because you don't like them, that's everybody's right. Uh, and he goes on, when people are trying to get someone fired because they don't like their opinion about something that has nothing to do with their job, that's cancel culture. And that's not cool, he says. He continues, you turning off your TV isn't censorship, but you trying to get other people to turn off their TV because you don't like something they're watching, that's different, end quote. Uh, Actually, he goes on to say in another comment, if you don't agree to someone's right to say something, you don't agree with freedom of speech, end quote. And that's what I've been talking about. The freedom of speech is the freedom for anybody to say what they want. You don't have to like it. In fact, the freedom of speech amendment exists because there are going to be people out there who say things you don't like. But if you silence them or someone else silences you, again, who becomes the arbiter of of what's good and what's bad. And again, there are already free speech protections in terms of threats and violence and those kinds of things. Those already exist. So we're not talking about that. We're just talking about opinions and ideas and um, 
differing thoughts on the world and how it works and, and philosophical concepts and all those things. And, and again, even comedy falls within this purview. Uh, singer Kelly Rowland uh, of Destiny's Child, famously, <clears throat> she said that the cancel culture has given people a God complex. And man, I think she has hit it so on the head there. Um, we've talked at length about this need that the culture has to remove God from the equation of America. And, and really, this is the heart of it, right? People need to remove God so they can feel better about themselves. Because when there's a God there that's giving you responsibility and giving you, again, maybe rules you don't like um, that infringe on what you feel are your freedoms, that doesn't feel good. So we remove God from the equation and then you can do whatever you want because there's no consequences, right? But the reality is there are consequences. Life has consequences. Your actions have consequences outside of yourself. If you do something someone else could get affected by it. Someone else could get hurt by it. Again, this intersection is a great example because if you say, well, I don't care what's happening in this intersection, I'm just driving through and closing my eyes, chances are you're going to plow into somebody or someone's going to plow into you. And relationally, you know that's true. I'm sure you've experienced that where either you make a choice and just plow into a decision and then realize, oh man, I really hurt this person or the opposite has happened. Someone's done that to you. You were just kind of cruising along and all of a sudden somebody does something and you're like, ouch, like, why would you do that to me? Um, this is the heart of it. You have to remove God. And then these people are saying, well, I'm going to impose my judgment on you for what you said. In other words, what you said, I don't agree with. So I'm going to send the mob on you. I'm going to cancel you. I'm going to get you fired. And we see that over and over and over again. And this is a really dangerous place to live, first of all, because it just creates more fear. Again, how many of you out there are just afraid to say anything? Um, and I, I, I talk to people frequently, and that's one of the biggest things I hear uh, when, we, when we talk about this real life stuff. They're like, oh... I've been really scared to say that kind of stuff because my friends might hate me or I might get fired or, or worse, you know, lose my, my job or, or, or my career. And I get that. I get that. And, and we, we shouldn't want to or have to live in this environment, but this is the environment that has been built. So we need more people to speak truth, but also speak with grace. Um, and, and I want to say too, what we need is this, ear of conversation because I don't think we talk with each other anymore. We talk at each other. We yell at each other. We shout on social media uh, or pile on to other people on social media and, and bully people and whatever. Um, but I think in a lot of these issues, it would do us more good to do more listening and more dialogue Dialogue is a two-way thing, right? It's you say something and I listen, and then I say something and you listen. I mean, it's been said that you have two ears and a mouth, so use them accordingly. In other words, listen twice as much as you speak. This is difficult for some of us, right? We have ideas, we have thoughts, we need to say them. But we also need to listen. We need to listen. Proverbs 1.5 says, A wise person will listen and increase in learning. A person of understanding will listen to wise counsel. We talked about the wise counsel earlier. We have to listen. James um, 
the the apostle in in verse 119 says we should be quick to get mad and yell at people on the internet no actually i'm sorry that was sarcastic too he didn't say that he said the opposite he said we should be quick to listen we should be slow to speak and slow to anger but it kind of seems like the first thing i said right kind of seems like most people are quick to get mad most people are quick to yell at others on the internet and it's not creating a great environment, right? I mean, you feel that. I feel that in my heart. It just it just kind of breaks my heart. Um, and and of course, for me, I, I have to continue on and say like, because I believe in God, I believe in in Jesus, and the one we should listen to most is God, Jesus, the Great Shepherd in charge of our well being. Again, most of us probably don't farm all the time, but you know what a shepherd is, and you know that shepherds take care of their flock, and in this case specifically sheep jesus the great shepherd in charge of our well-being says my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me this is john 10 27 it's such a great verse encapsulating jesus mission and 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 jesus heart for you and me he says you are my sheep and if you listen to me i know you and if you follow me you know i you have what you need and I'll, and, and Jesus says he'll lead you, uh, in, in the right way. And that's what being a Christian is all about. Being a Christian is following what Jesus has told us. And we have tons of examples of what Jesus has told us. Just read one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, if you don't know what he said about these things. And sadly, I hear people these days say that they're Christian. I've had several uh, interactions with people who are like, I am a Christian, but this, or but I'm going to do this, but I'm going to support this. And I push back a little and say, but that's the opposite of what Jesus told us to do. And they're like, well, but but it's what I feel like is the right thing. And I'm like, well, you can't do both things. Like either you follow Jesus and follow all the things he said, and you are a Christian, or you don't but then you don't get to say like well i follow jesus i mean i don't see how those things can both be true and of course we all make mistakes i'm not saying that you're always going to make the right mistake or the, make the right choices and not make mistakes but what i am saying is when people intentionally go out motivated to choose a certain way which are the people that i'm talking about that's a different situation right I think, going back to listening, that listening to people who disagree with you can build bridges. Conversation can help trust and understanding that can help us grow. I recently had a conversation with this a longtime friend about a topic that we are, both of us, uh, incredibly and maybe indelibly at odds about. Um, he's on one side, I'm on another side. I don't know that we'll ever, we'll ever find a space in the middle. Um, but in the midst of a tense but cordial conversation he looked at me and said hey we have more in common than we disagree about and that this conversation is valuable for both of us and he said he said i love you and and i wholeheartedly agree and these are the moments that we can create ground so even if i'm not going to agree with him and he's not going to agree with me that's okay having that conversation is so valuable because i respect him I don't agree. That's okay. 
he's allowed to have his opinion and I'm allowed to have mine. And I still love him as a friend. He's, he's, he's great. And, um, for now he (laughs) thinks I'm okay. And, uh, and, and we continue on and it's good to have a little bit of back and forth. And admittedly, I don't know everything. And that's really good. I need to know more. I want to keep having conversations so that I can learn more. And my truth for me is going to come from the Bible because I believe that is the truth. You know, you hear a lot about live your truth. I just don't, I don't, I can't believe that because it becomes too subjective for me. I believe there is one truth, but my search is to find that. And so I I continually read the Bible every day to try to figure out what God has said about the world. I encourage you to do the same. Um, again, I'm, I don't take my word for it. I'm not scared of truth. I think the truth is real, and I think if you pursue it, that you're going to find it. Um, in fact, Jesus said that very thing. If you seek him, you will find him. So um, I just hope that you will do that, and I hope that you will find the truth and seek after it. I hope that you will engage in these probably hard conversations. I hope that you will stand up for what you believe and pursue the truth in the love of Jesus Christ. Hopefully we can have these talks with grace and truth and begin to close the divide between us. God bless you. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for joining us today at Church Public. Please subscribe.